The InStuff podcast is sponsored by ScratchBand. Just stop touching your face. Don't make me explain why anymore. It's gross. I don't care if you buy ScratchBand or come up with some other way to do it, but just quit. I mean, it's the easiest way I've found to quit touching my face, but, you know, whatever works for you. ScratchBand, join the evolution. More information at scratchband.life, also available on Amazon.com. One of the interesting things about living in the 21st century is trying to find places for stuff that humans have never had to find a place for before. Like, yeah. I can't figure out where do I keep my underwater drone? That's a good like, question. We have like silverware drawers. We have cup boards. We have, um, you know, buffets. But like, there's no drone drone drawer. <laughs> Imagine if you lost your drone, your underwater drone. What's where's the first place you would look for it? That's what I asked myself, and then I put it there. Good, good. <laughs> That's a good strategy. I was like, okay, where when I'm looking for this drone, which I don't touch obviously all winter, but I'm gonna want to <laughs> touch this summer. I mean, for for longest time, I was just hanging on a coat rack, and I was like, I don't use this every day. Um, so yeah so i tried to put it where i keep other video gear but it's video gear from work so it's not i don't have that much like my own video gear is in a smaller anyway <laughs> it's just it's interesting trying to find places for new technology where do like, i put where do stuff? you store new technology is one of the issues we have to think about right and one of the things we're thinking about today is drones because that is the subject of today's discussion and you were lamenting that I'd make all my notes on, on what we're going to talk about at 11 a.m. of the day that we're going to do it. So you have Starting no idea what my ideas are. I don't. And I think that adds to a fun sort of spontaneity. <laughs> it's also a product of the fact that I don't think about, I think in weeks. I don't think, I can't, I'm incapable of thinking on Friday about what happens on Monday to me. There's like a firewall between those two days. Oh. So uh, we should rec go back to recording this on like Wednesday if you want notes earlier. That's interesting. But. Okay. So you're literally <laughs> doing all of this like Monday, today. Monday morning. And it's perfect because it's researching stuff that's kind of fun, but low intensity. So after I've had my morning time, I'm like, oh, I should probably do some work. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to look up YouTube videos on drones. Like, that's easy and fun. I like that idea. And I like the research aspect of, of this endeavor as, mm -hmm. you know, as a podcast. But I'm also coming to realize, or <laughs> somehow in my old age, the older I become, the more I realize I don't know. I feel like I just know less and less. Mm, so I feel yes. increasingly less prepared for the day every single day oh which wow I don't understand and this is one of those things where it's like i can't possibly know what i need to know for this so then i i can't just spend one day mm -hmm. researching i need to make sure that i have some a buffer zone <laughs> well and i would say it's not 
what I find most interesting about this is not what I know, but the questions that we can come up with. You know, that's that's my goal with all this is how can we get people thinking about things yeah. in ways that in ourselves thinking about things in ways that we haven't before. I agree. But I don't want to ask dumb questions either. Oh. Well, I like dumb questions because they make me feel smart. <laughs> so, Wait, is that really why I'm here? <laughs> yeah, to make me feel smart? Oh, I don't gosh. think so. <laughs> you always wor- use words I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, um, I want to, first of all, as I sort of like to do a similar routine with each one of these podcasts, is try and define what we're talking about. Okay. Which you always try to to like do something crazy like, what is flight? I'm like, oh, I've Kristen. never asked what flight is. I just want to make sure that we're on what the does same it mean sheet to of music. Fly? Like, okay, no, I just want to talk about drones. <laughs> let's take it. Let's just assume some things about it. But one of the things uh, I want to establish is that there are lots of different types of drones. Like I have an underwater drone, but I also have a an aerial drone. But there's also you know like sailing drones and. You know, there's a drone on Mars now, um, which I guess is in this same line of what we're talking it's about. It's a space drone, but it's, yeah, yeah. technically it's an it's, aircraft. Right. So I'm coming at this that we are talking about aerial drones, drones okay. that fly. All right. So we'll have other times we can talk about underwater drones or, or other other types of sort of autonomous vehicles. But And all of, all of these aerial drones we talk about, are they all line of sight? No, they don't have to be. Okay. And by that, you mean like people have to see them to operate them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're talking about aerial drones today. And one of the other things that's interesting is, you know, at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, we have a fair amount of aerial drone research going on, especially oh, with the Alaska pipeline. And because prior to drones, they'd have to fly helicopters up and down the pipeline to inspect it and make sure there are no issues with it. So they were looking at drones for that, and and, and line-of-sight drones is kind of a pain. So UAF, when you're talking about this much length of of the uh, pipeline, so UAF has been working with the FAA and getting some, you know, the FAA to release its death grip on uh, autonomous drones operating outside of line-of-sight. Yeah. I wonder why they... Are running aerial drones for the pipeline and not like air drones as pigs through the pipeline. Well, they have both. Okay. But the pig is designed, if I understand, mainly, I guess it does test it a little bit, but mainly to kind of keep things moving and clean things out. Yeah, but if you put a little extra like monitoring in there, I would think it would do something similar. I'm just, I'm just wondering because I've never thought about it. Yeah, that's a good point. I, my guess is the pig, which for those of you who aren't, haven't stopped at the, pipeline viewing site in Fox where they have a great example of one. The pig is this basically plug that they send down the pipeline that kind of cleans it and I guess does inspect it to a degree, but it sort of is like a declogger type thing that they send down. But <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if maybe some of the leaks they're looking for are too, would be too subtle. Like, I mean, yeah. you get like a little sprinkle of oil coming out. You got to that's big. You got, a big well, yeah. you got a big problem in the middle of nowhere. Any class three leak where you actually have drips. But I wonder how you can even detect that with a drone. With a, yeah. Well, even with a helicopter. 
Anyway, right. let's let's not get bogged down and <laughs> so many questions on the Alaska Pipeline security system. But just to say that UAF has been teaming up uh, with the pipeline folks and uh, the FAA, and the FAA has been, you know, willing to let them do some of this. But one of the things that's I bring it up that's funny. I've interviewed about them about this with them before, and they hate the word drone. There's a PR issue in the world of drones because drone has this connotation in public of a sort of lifeless killer that flies around and and destroys things and people and so they're like it's a uav oh it's an unmanned aerial vehicle mm. <laughs> and i remember during that interview i kept saying drone i was like sorry uav so you have to say uav okay I'm going to say drone. It doesn't matter. Well, I was if preparing the, for this. I mm -hmm. found, I came across a podcast that had the best name ever. It's Queens of the Drone Age. Oh, wow. It was a good That's podcast a cool. name. I mean, Is it a good podcast? About tech, yes. Okay. It wasn't not just about drones. Got it. Yeah. Nice. I like anyway. that. So we're talking about UAVs, technically. Un, I guess it should be unpersoned aerial vehicles. Oh. Do you care about gender equality when it's the lack of something? <laughs> <laughs> like to a point, I just don't, I don't myself even want to keep track of it. Do women feel left out when they are not the ones operating a plane? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, UAVs. And uh, let's, I want to start off by talking about why they're, why they're a big deal. Like, why did we, why did they suddenly come, I, I wouldn't say suddenly, but somewhat suddenly came on to the world stage, um, probably, oh, about 10 years ago or so, maybe about 2010-ish. I didn't even think so, like, when the first ones came out. Yeah. That, that were reasonably affordable, like, you know, under two or three grand. Wait, does that mean they didn't have radio-controlled helicopters? Well, that's, that's the thing that I want to establish here is like, why, why are we so freaked out about drones when we've had remote control airplanes and right. helicopters forever? I remember being a kid and yeah. like they had remote control, like little tiny airplanes. Yeah. I wanted one bad. Yeah. I only ever got the ones that were on a string. You ever see those? <laughs> we had to go around in a circle. Yes. <laughs> so I don't sorry. even know how well they worked, but yeah. Well, I remember they used to have the RC planes that had the body and wings that were made out of foam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just little You fly them once and propeller. they break and yeah. then you start duct taping them and then they break <laughs> and then you're just like, piece of junk. And then a couple of years later, you're like, I'm going to try this again. Yeah. I had a lot of that. And then the, the rubber band ones where you mm -hmm. wind it up and throw it and you get if you're lucky, five seconds of enjoyment before that. <laughs> I didn't have any of those. I had a kite kites yeah <laughs> so what's the big deal we've had all of these things up till now and then suddenly everyone's freaking out about drones in your opinion what's what's the difference between a drone and an rc airplane or some of these other a kite some of these other things that we've seen before oh that's that's an interesting question what's the difference or what is causing the concern what are you actually what? asking what is causing the concern why okay. why or why have we never been worried about rc airplanes but um, we're almost immediately terrified of drones. So when I think of drone, I think of um, a rotary wing aircraft that's unpersoned that also has a camera. So that's... Yeah, we're not really talking about like the military drones, which are basically like 
a Cessna 150 yeah. with a bomb on it. I'm thinking more like I'm in, in my house and somebody has flown a drone over the back fence and has a camera. That was definitely one of the concerns is privacy. Yeah. Suddenly people could be peeking in windows. And so we can talk about that problem in a bit. The thing that was the huge, like, end all be all of the differences is the ability, the simplicity of flying it. One of the things that still to this day kind of amazes me, but definitely amazed me when drones first appeared, you know, the, the higher end ones that had um, GPS and all the stuff okay. is that you could fly it up where you wanted it and set down to the controller and it would just stay right where it was. That's pretty cool. RC airplanes, RC helicopters, kites, you know, all this <laughs> stuff. They, kites to a lesser degree, but they all required constant attention. And right. it was ex very difficult to fly these things. You were crashing them all the time. And you definitely weren't going to have them go super far off that they're going to create problems. Certainly, if you really, really wanted to create problems, you could. But so few people were flying them because they were so hard to fly that there was much higher barrier to entry. If you wanted to get to the point where you were flying a RC airplane in a way that could create damage to an airplane or something like that, you, you, a did, you did take a while. conventional passenger plane? Is that what you're talking right. about? Yeah. yeah. You had to build some skills. And usually the last thing you wanted to do was wreck this thing that you just spent all this money building. Yeah. But... Drones made it so basically anybody could take this thing up and go fly anywhere, a thousand feet. At first, when they first came out, they would have errors sometimes and they would just go zinging off into the middle of nowhere. <laughs> That's happened to us. We've had some at work and yeah, yeah we lost one that way. <laughs> they have, it was a white drone that went, yeah. it went for a flight in winter time. So the ground was white and so it was just gone forever. <laughs> you never found it. Nope. That's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, and some of that had to do with they would have an error about where home was. That was one of the things you could set up with a drone. It's like, here's where you should go if there's a problem. And sometimes there'd be a glitch in that. And we'd be like, E.T., going home. Oh, no. <laughs> and you'd lose all control. Um, so the, the reason they're a big deal is because they make the ability to fly something s super easy. And they make it quite easy to fly it beyond where you can see and really high. I mean, I've been a little naughty and I've gotten them up pretty, pretty high <laughs> granted in like the middle of nowhere, but like to the point where I almost like can't see it anymore. And I had to go off what I saw from the camera Oh wow! to help me figure out where it was in space. <laughs> I think it's funny that it makes your list of things that fall under debauchery. <laughs> that follow debauchery that fall under the headline oh, debauchery yeah yes so it's ease of use mm -hmm. a lower price point mm -hmm. and what was the other thing that that, that make it different make it... from rc planes yeah well the camera the camera okay so the camera allowing you to see what it's seeing and fly it without looking at it okay and so, so those were the game changing. Those kind are of real things. game changing, and in theory, it could fly off somewhere, all on its own for a while. You know, an RC plane could fly off on its own for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I never even tried flying any of them, but I mean, once 
it's not being operated anymore. It's pretty much going to bite it. Yeah. Uh, depending on the plane, but it's going to bite it pretty fast. So that that's in my opinion, why drones are sort of getting people, especially the FAA up in arms, because suddenly you have way more people putting things up into the air than ever were before. Right. And a lot of them are not paying attention or aware of the rules about this. So the FAA like had a total freak out. <laughs> and they're not actually developing any flight skills either. Like, yeah, the investment of time into learning how to fly a drone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I bought one for my nephew for mm -hmm. Christmas this past Christmas. I think it was this past Christmas. Mm -hmm. And he, he took it out of the wrapping paper and out of the package. And that afternoon after Christmas, they went to go fly it. And that it was its inaugural and last flight. They lost <laughs> it. <laughs> yep. That's the way they go. And it's one thing to like crash it. It's another thing that it's gone. Yeah. Like no totally one knows gone. where it is, <laughs> which I'm sure happened with RC planes too, but at least you'd have like kind of a general idea, I suppose. So you've got that. That's kind of the, the, Anyway, some of the reasons why people were freaked out about it. And my understanding of why these kind of exploded on the environment was because of the, uh, as we talked about a little bit already with, with smartphones, is smartphones created this incredible market for miniaturization of all sorts of sensors and that kind of thing, GPS and attitude sensors or whatever, those kind of... Little gyroscopes? Things. Yeah. Not literal gyroscopes, but yeah. And so... Basically, thanks to smartphones making all this stuff small, that bled over into the world of drones, where now we have a drone that can tell what's up and what's down and where it is in the world with GPS. And obviously, shrinking of camera technology, yeah. too, means that you can have a, a light camera. And, I mean, when they first came out, I, I was shooting. I, shot my, I filmed my house via drone from every conceivable angle. <laughs> I was filming because everything looked amazing. This is an angle of stuff you could just never see before. <laughs> and one of my favorite moments was trying to fly my very first, I think it was the very first DJI, which was just a camera strapped on a drone. There was no gimbal to make sure it stayed level and you had nice shots. It was really basic. Okay. And <laughs> I was flying it and it crashed and the camera popped off and it rolled down my driveway. Oh, no. Now I know you're going to ask me for this video and I'll have to see if I can find it. But yep. so I, when I went and pulled the <laughs> card out of the camera, it was pretty funny. You can see the video of the drone flying down the driveway and then it crashes and then it goes. And then there's like a whole bunch of rolling footage. Yep. We need that footage. Yeah. All right. I'll see if I can find that. But um, I kind of burned myself out on it, you know. I filmed so much stuff from drones that after a while I was just like, I don't I don't care anymore what stuff looks like from above. There was no more wonder and mystery no. left in the world. The only area that I have gone pretty well that's pretty well untouched for me that I, I do think would be cool is the FPV drone flying. So okay. first person view and And you have one. And I have one. The probably the cheapest one you can buy. Super tiny drone that we got as part of the future tech class and i flew it for you right did you stick your head in there while i was flying it around i, I thought you did 
I know when we, when it came, when it was delivered, we unboxed it and we just turned everything on and it automatically connected. Like oh, but you haven't. I haven't seen it fly yet. Oh, okay. I've just seen it basically everything on the controller on and right. the um the drone on yeah and so it's like a maybe four by four inch so tiny drone with a little camera on top and you get maybe two minutes of flight time out of it and i'll do a review of it at some point or we can do a review of it but it's kind of like i don't know it's a little bit like maybe being a mosquito in a house or something when you fly around it's about the same size as as the drone i have but mm -hmm. mine is seven maybe even eight years older mm -hmm. so it'd be an interesting side-by-side -side comparison my drone hates to be in the air yeah <laughs> this one is really on. tricky too I, I i was really frustrated with it until i until i was just like stopped and i was like let's get this thing configured because a lot of them take a little tweaking because you can configure like um basically customize it so it wants to fly more straight so i got i took the headset off and i just like flew it like a regular drone until it got it kind of stable and then i put the headset back on i was like okay this is a little bit more reasonable because otherwise we'd be like oh you go flying across the room you hit something <laughs> you get like a three second flight and then yeah anyway did you get motion sick no i don't it's funny and a lot of stuff doesn't make me sick that's good Fortunately, but anyway, I'll have to try that with you. So drones come about and they get better and, and battery life is so much better now. And the thing that's amazing about them is the incredible shots you can get. So if you're, even if you're not into drones, you would have noticed, you know, maybe eight years ago, suddenly drone shots in everybody's videos because yeah. they make the videos look way more expensive and they're, they're kind of nice. They got overdone, though. It was like home videos. Those popped up in stock imagery. That all the drone imagery popped up in. Mm -hmm. It was like in very like and at home inspections. Like real estate agents started mm -hmm. filming homes too. Right. So you see how homes on Zillow and they have like these amazing aerial shots of the property. Exactly. And what's around it? Yeah. And they were really great. Um. I remember the one of the first drone shots I saw was Niagara Falls. And oh, I, wow. It was like breathtaking because it was a, it was an angle of Niagara Falls, I don't I'd never seen before that I don't know if we could have before because it would have had to be done with a helicopter or a really long crane or something. And so it's just regular people taking their drones out to places, and then of course someone has to drop a drone into you know a geyser. In Yellowstone. Oh my gosh. And now nobody can have drones oh, in national parks everybody. anymore. Oh. And so then you start, did, have you ever seen the no drones signs? No. I was at a fair, I think it was, it was North Carolina um, in 2016. And there were signs, no drones. <laughs> wow. Wait, so, but this is a fair where there's a high population yeah. of humans mm -hmm. in one spot. And right. there are rules about flying drones over people, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. That's another thing too, which a lot of people violate. But technically, I think the FAA would say you can't fly them like less than... No planes are allowed to fly within 500 feet of people. That's if you're a pilot, that's what the rule is. So anyway, I don't know what what the FAA's rules are specifically about flying over people, but the general rule is don't fly anything over people, but people do it all the time. And if it crashes, they're going to be liable. I, I don't 
want to do it because I've seen drones. I crashed a drone in a way once I didn't know was possible. What? <laughs> Wait, I don't even understand. I, don't, I can't imagine what happened. I crashed a drone that was working perfectly fine. What? So what happened was I came down too fast. Oh. And I didn't realize this is a problem helicopters can have too. But they basically, if they come straight down too fast, they can get caught up. Their propellers can get caught up in their own like prop wash. Gotcha. And they can't like bite, get a good bite into the air. And then they just keep coming down. Oh. And they, and so I was out on the Denali highway. Fortunately, I wasn't over water or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I'm, for those who aren't familiar, Denali highway is this dirt road that, that runs um, toward Denali Park, and it's pretty isolated. Not a lot of stuff out there, but there's a lot of pretty nature and stuff. And so I was flying it out there, probably a few hundred feet off the road, and it was tundra, so it was flat, fortunately. And flat enough. Flat enough. And uh, I start bringing it down from, and I and I'm a hot shot drone flyer now because I've been doing it. <laughs> at the time for a couple of years. So I'm bringing it down full speed. Like, let's get this thing down and, and we're going to head on our way. And it's coming down and I'm like, okay, it's coming down a little fast. And so I start to push back up and no reaction. Oh no. And it just goes <laughs> and can lands. Fortunately, in fairly soft, but it could have been in water. Right. Fortunately, it wasn't in water. could have been, you know, in an inaccessible place and I would have lost it. Thankfully, it wasn't on someone's head. <sighs> wasn't on someone. I didn't do that in a crowd or any. That would have been one of the worst situations or like, you know, smashing into a petroleum I'm trying to imagine what the worst possible thing you could crash into. A power grid, blow up the power for people. That'd be terrible. But I had to shimmy down an embankment and then walk all the way out there and grab yeah, it. Yeah, you said tundra's flat, but tundra's not flat. Tundra is like you walking on walk a it. field of pillows that are like three feet deep. It's really unpleasant. It's very unpleasant. Of like couch pillows, not nice soft ones, but like the thick, <laughs> it's really awkward. That you don't actually want to touch. Yeah, and your feet go between them, and, and it's really there's cold. mosquitoes, and there's, sometimes there's water between them. Anyway, um, I lucked out. So what I learned is you don't want to bring a drone straight down really fast. So after that, I learned always go, I will go like sideways, back and forth. Oh, interesting. Like, like you might imagine like old, those old marble games or something like that. Um, so... Yeah, you don't want to bring a drone straight down or it'll get caught in its own downwash and then... Now you're a hotshot pilot. Now I know. I've crashed plenty of drones, but you have to crash them in smart, new, novel ways. If you just crash into a tree, everybody's done that. But have they managed to crash one because they came down in their own <laughs> downwash? <laughs> another reason... This is yet another week where I talk about how dangerous helicopters are, too. But. So glad that I, when I was actually around helicopters, I knew none of this. I know. <laughs> they are. I flew in one once as a kid, and now I'm just like, if my parents had had Why any you get idea, in there? <laughs> it was at an air show, me and my sister, and like, if we had had any idea how dangerous they were. Anyhow, um, so one of the, th as we're talking about, one of the things that's amazing for me in the world of video is now you can get amazing aerial shots for basically free like a couple grand in the camp for the drone and you know it'll last you until you crash it and something like that so Which that's huge may or may not be five minutes after you get it <laughs> yeah but they come with extra props and yeah it's it's not the end of the world most of the time if you crash them as long as you don't like 
destroy the camera or the gimbal or something like that. Um, you were talking about real estate was another big one. And that one right. became an issue because people were using drones for money. They were getting paid. And the FAA is like, if you're getting paid to fly, then you again are, you need a special license and blah, you got to do this training and blah, blah, blah. And it became a real mess. And the FAA wanted people to put N numbers on their drones, Man. which is the airplane identification numbers. And it's like, who's going to intentionally identify the drone so when it lands on the White House lawn, they know whose it was? Like, no, thank you. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just want to photograph cool things. I don't want exactly. to, I don't actually want to fly. I just want the photography aspect of this. Yeah. And if you're not like, Again, airplanes have to stay 500 feet away from people. So as long as you're under 500 feet, like it's the airplane's problem as far as I'm concerned. But right. anyway, FAA freaking out about that. Um, you were talking about home inspections. So this is another huge thing. Drones are just really, really good at getting to some places that humans can't get to. Right. So you've got home inspections. You've got inspecting of, you know, towers, other things where it's awkward, dangerous for humans to go. The pipeline, you know, just kind of expensive to inspect normally but if you can have a, a drone doing it you're not flying a helicopter right oh, Would, i wonder if they use drones to inspect wind turbines now that's that certainly is a possibility i mean depending on what kind of inspection it needs i'm sure yeah i know a guy who <laughs> flew too close to turbine and it took out his drone oh which i thought was hilarious but that's it, too bad it kind of hurt yeah. he felt bad <laughs> <laughs> But I fought the wind turbine and the wind turbine won. <laughs> um, and then, you know, obviously we know Amazon's been toying with deliveries this way. Right. I still don't understand how that's ever going to be viable. Like I could just, it, it's such a temptation not to just make off with the Amazon delivery drone. Okay. But like they'll know. <laughs> how when it lands in your lawn you're gonna like grab it and what are you gonna do with it you don't have the controller for it you don't but i'm sure it's not <laughs> are, is sure the world hacking. just full of like conniving thieves to you is that how no, you this see just, average it seems people? to me like there have been so many um dystopian alternate universe movies where they mm -hmm. have drones and people that can hack things that and you're just like i'm just gonna hack into the system and make it mine yeah so that's why i say that ah well, I think it will happen because there is a boatload of money involved. Whenever there is a boatload of money to be made, people are going to figure out how to make it work. That's true. And this weekend, when I needed parts for my um, uh, hot water system that all weighed like maybe eight ounces or something like that, I would have gladly even paid a premium for a drone to come drop it in my lawn. Right on. And right now I need a part that I ordered from Amazon, but it's going to take it, you know, five or six days to get here. You know, that's partly because we're in Alaska. But what if thanks to drones, I could get it, you know, like they claim in half an hour. What? One hour. I just want to go to the bathroom and I wanted a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why okay. now? Sorry. The other thing I'm excited about that is that you talked, you had some notes on was like sort of flocking drones. So pretty. With lights on them. They're so pretty. And did you see, it wasn't, <laughs> it was, I think it was Biden's like acceptance speech or whatever, yep. where they had basically drone fireworks. Yes. And people didn't know what the heck they were looking at. 
<laughs> oh, really? I think some people were like, what is that? I don't even I understand. I didn't realize that people were confused at what they were. Mm-hmm. I listened to the guy who put that show on. Oh, really? He got a heads up that that was happening two weeks before it happened. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. I wonder how hard it is to program those things. Well, apparently what. there's software. Uh-huh. Yeah. So That would make sense. Yeah. It's easier than you would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't take a whole lot of people uh, to crew something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are people that want to make those types of displays for entertainment more accessible to the general public. Yeah. I think it's really cool to provide an option so people blow their hands off less. Yeah. Although I think people will still be after that thrill. <laughs> But yeah, it makes me wonder like, well, I don't know. Will this start to replace fireworks? It's a different type of entertainment. It's not the same as like, boom, I think fireworks will always have a place. But people like things that explode. Yeah. But I mean, they would have done fireworks probably at that, at that celebration if it hadn't been for drones. So it's clearly already displacing drones. Is it a bad Um, thing that... I mean, drones are displacing fireworks. I know what you meant. Mm -hmm. Is it bad that fireworks are being displaced, though? Well, it's bad for fireworks people. That's all. I'm just thinking about jobs. (laughs) But I'm imagining, like... if you've ever seen a fireworks factory blow up, you'd be like, the world would be better off without more of these. (laughs) Or the the impromptu shelter on the side of the highway across the state border selling fireworks. Exactly. So I, I think it, it definitely, or it could be done in conjunction with fireworks. That yeah. could be pretty cool. Oh, I wonder. A little bit dangerous, but I'm sure those little drones aren't very expensive. It, it was kind of magical mm-hmm. to yeah. watch some of the, so on YouTube, there's a number of different types of these flocking mm-hmm. behaviors, displays, mm-hmm. entertain. I don't even know, what, I don't know what to call them. Um, even like the ones that came up to the top of the search result were like, Guinness record for most drones in some um, light dis- light display. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They're really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're potential for all sorts of... I mean, think about... I mean, this gets a little creepy, but what about advertising? Oh, yeah. People had their logos done up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be really cool. What about but movie But kind effects? of irritating, though. I mean, do you really want to be driving down a highway at night and all of a sudden there's like a eat at joe's swirling over the highway wouldn't it be terrible if you're sitting on the beach and this flying advertisement went by over the horizon like we've seen this before we have that with the um the banners that planes pull and and those don't really bother me too much but they're fairly rare they're pretty far up (laughs) and there's something old-fashioned about them because it's like something that's been done for so long but at some point it was new and novel Imagine you're sitting at the beach for a beautiful sunset and all of a sudden. This is the beginning of that nostalgia book. And it could change. Of course, it changes. It would, you know, so it would say, you know, book your stay tonight. Ninety nine dollars starting at ninety nine dollars. Go to <laughs> www.riot or riot. What's that one called? Oh, there's a wasp know. in the house. Yes. Yeah. Howard Johnson. The. I can't remember the hotel. Hyatt. Hyatt and Regency (laughs) became Riot for me for some reason. Anyway, you know. I'd stay at something named Riot. I don't think people will go for it. I think there will have to be, I think there's areas of regulation that are going to come up from this. But at the same time, this is one of those industries 
that we couldn't have imagined 10 years ago that could be employing a lot of people. True. In various ways. So I still think advertising is definitely going to be one of the applications. Of drones? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would totally, like, in theory, pay for drone advertising if it was in, done in a way that brought people joy instead of making people hate what I was advertising. If you were advertising Dark Winter Nights by flying a mobile Aurora around Fairbanks that said Dark Winter Nights at the end? Yeah. That would be cool. Yep. What if drones dropped flyers on people's lawns for them? I got paid to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so drone comes over, recognizes your front door, drops a little packet for you. That's an advertisement. Make sure there's no people because it's got a heat sensor on it. And now junk mail literally like lands in your lawn. Oh, that would never fly because because of like litter. No pun intended. Mm, yeah, I don't know. There could be a way. <laughs> uh, there's other areas that where it's happening right now. Journalism is very interesting. You can take a camera into a location and film. Journalists can access places they never could have before in events like when there's riots and all these other things where it's not safe for, um, for a journalist to get in there. It can bring a a drone in and film things that they couldn't see before. That's cool. So that's, that's interesting. And, um, of course, did you ever, did you have any experience with drones when you were in the military? Did they ever talk about them? Did you ever work with them? No, I never worked with them when I was in the military. Things that I worked with essentially went up and came back down, but they mm -hmm. didn't just hang out in the air very often. Right. But you did, you you did what the sort of hearts and minds um we did do some leaflet drops leaflets, which and, could be done with drones yes and radio so we also did some signal broadcasting too um well that's a you imagine using drones to transmit signals pirate radio via yeah, drone because they could basically piggyback off each other oh that'd be cool and you could get a signal in somewhere that, that you couldn't before that's crazy yeah <laughs> um what if i mean what if you had a drone flying with a, a with wi-fi you know <laughs> is that what's happening with uh starlink except they're all just doing yeah so you got starlink but that's dependent on clouds if the weather's bad satellite internet isn't so great true what if you had a drone flying over i i, I assume they they already have you know, like for right now in the military, you'll have, you'd have some sort of centralized communication thing over a combat zone, right? Something. You have the, whatever, the things with the weird disc AWACS on them, yeah. um, doing airborne radar. And, but what if you had drones flying over that are being used for communication? Command and control. Um, right. Or Wi-Fi. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, welcome to the concert, everybody. If you want to access Wi-Fi... We have drones flying. I mean, when I was driving up in the DeLorean from Michigan, there were two times where I needed the drone to just go up and be somewhere and stay there. And it was terrifying both times. One of them, I was, I came up with the idea that I was going to race the follow car, which was a Nissan Murano. And so I just flew this drone up over the parking lot where we were going to race the, the DeLorean versus the Murano. Yeah. And I just left it there and I drove the DeLorean around for a couple minutes doing this race and then stopped and no one was flying the drone. No one was paying attention to where the drone was. <laughs> it was just up there minding its own business and it got a great shot. Oh, wow. And it never moved. That's awesome. So I had this lockdown shot of a drone that I just put in place and left. 
And uh, we did that again at a roundabout where we were doing a parody of the Chevy Chase um, <laughs> European Vacation. Yeah. There's a roundabout in what's not... Uh, European Vacation. Yeah, European Vacation. Anyway, there's a roundabout at Dawson Creek where the Alcan starts. Oh, oh. And sorry. I wanted to have a shot of the DeLorean going around the roundabout. So I just flew it up there, locked it in place. We hopped in the DeLorean. We drove around the roundabout a bunch of times. No one was paying any attention to the drone. No one had any idea where it was. Hopped out, pulled the remote out, and flew it back down. Don't they also now have Follow Me drones? Yeah. They've had those for a while. Okay. Drones. At first, it was like you'd wear a watch-like thing, and they would follow you. But I think now they can just sense, like, scan you know you say follow that and it will follow that so you don't need to wear a watch anymore but yeah they have ones that will automatically circle you and follow you because for skiers and stuff and who want to film themselves yeah that's really cool um it already they're being used in policing i'm sure to a degree to get an aerial sense of a quick aerial sense of a situation but i also wondered what if what if you could get like instant police response it wouldn't be an actual police officer but you call the police and say, we got a problem. And within, you know, seven minutes, there's a drone at the location. How would you feel living in a space where there were, instead of having, a, let's say, a B cop just kind of walking around the neighborhood, there were drones flying by intermittently? I think that's a that's not good for hearts and minds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I was expecting you to uh, respond one way yeah, and you responded the other way. <laughs> Hollywood has ruined that for yeah, everyone. Yeah, exactly. Anytime you are watching a movie and there are police drones patrolling the streets, you know this is not going to be good. <laughs> and people are unhappy, like immediately. People are immediately unhappy. It's very 1984, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think police drones could be a good thing, but they couldn't be so present like that. There is um, a company that was doing high-resolution surveillance of whole cities where they would fly around in a Cessna 150 mm -hmm. for several hours, just taking, like, constant pictures of the city. That would be annoying. They're not quiet aircraft. Yeah, it was high. And it was a... I think it might have been Mexico City or something. It was like... It's not like a quiet city. And okay. they were high enough that I don't okay. think anyone was really going to notice. Anyway... They were able, it was, it was a, basically it was a, um, a, a surveillance type situation where there was a police officer who was murdered and they were able to use the pictures to track where the car came from that killed her and where it went and arrest the person. Oh my goodness. So if you can imagine that with drones, I mean, there are totally positive implications too, like, you know, car accidents. <laughs> You could go back and see, like, exactly who was at fault. I mean, I think about things like, yeah, if someone's kidnapped, it's extremely rare. But other crimes, you know, if you're, like, looking for evidence of who was where, when. I mean, look at how we, we here have the Fairbanks Four, who I believe we talked about already, who were... We um, haven't on this podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there are four kids, basically, who went to prison for, I think, like, 15 years. Yeah because of the eyewitness account of a dude who was like drunk and well, at least had been drinking and was like a hundred feet away. It was terrible, Yeah. but it was, you know, enough to get them convicted. And, um, fortunately they were eventually released mm -hmm. because it was just such a debacle and anyway, top to bottom, a, a mess and a great example of how eyewitness testimony is 
bogus a lot of time. Can be unreliable. But if we yeah. had drone surveillance, you know, especially if you could do it at night with some sort of either high quality cameras or heat sensing or something, you could have said, okay, these guys came from here, you know, when this happened. It makes me wonder. Does that, I, do I you like that idea or not? I do to a point. So surveillance, you are, you are in a surveillance state even more than we are now then. Mm -hmm. So that's, yep. that's the part that's discouraging. And also as deep fake technologies progress, you have actual footage how mm -hmm. how likely are people to become jaded to say yes this is the actual footage versus we got a hold of this footage and it's been tampered with mm -hmm. so yeah you definitely need some good controls on but that yeah that's stuff that anybody could do right now yeah um if it was at least in police custody the whole time that would make it it would have to harder be harder to fake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's the whole duty just to trust the police. Right. Unfortunately. It's interesting to me that people, <laughs> we want to live in a world where you can kind of get away with stuff sometimes. And any situation that never allows you to get away with anything ever, even if they're laws we totally agree with, mm -hmm. like, I think we all feel like we want to live in a world where, yeah, you can go over the speed limit, 20 over the speed limit once in a while. <laughs> And as long as you don't get in a wreck or like really endanger anybody, it's okay. Yeah. So we, what we need to figure out is if we live in a world where you can't get away with any, anything, will we build that in? Will we change the rules? I mean, if you word it like that, I'm immediately put off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at all the little things we do all the time. We speed a little bit. We speed here and there when there's no one around. Maybe every once in a while, like, I've got, you know, a couple cups of dirty oil, and instead of taking it to the dump, I just throw it in my lawn somewhere. <laughs> not <laughs> what only... If, what if I get arrested for that? Not only little things like that, but weird laws that are on the books mm -hmm. that people have just never taken off right. the books. Yeah. Those things are scary to me. Yeah. It's like how... It's scary to me how enforcement can just kind of blindside you mm -hmm. randomly. Right. And a lot of that comes down to just the attitude of the um, litigators, yeah. you know, in, in the media and culture class, we've talked a bit about like obscenity, the difference between obscenity and pornography and how much that's prosecuted depends kind of on like who's president and what their priorities are, you know? Right. So we kind of pick and choose which rules we really want to enforce or not. Like, look at marijuana, like marijuana was legal in Alaska long before it was federally legal in fact it's right. still not federally legal it's not federally legal um i was surprised wasn't it uh washington dc psilocybin has been legalized now okay don't change the subject Run no this. it was a, okay <laughs> <laughs> point is it's, i had a point okay. which was we just decided that we weren't going to enforce like if we weren't going to enforce marijuana, even though technically you were allowed to have like, what, like half an ounce in your house. Personal even though, possession limits, Yeah, there was like yeah. no legal way to grow it, no legal way to buy it. But if it appeared in your house, it was okay. <laughs> so I, I think this is an interesting question that we're going to have to ask ourselves as a society. When we get so good at monitoring every type of infraction... How are we going to handle that? Nobody wants to say it's okay to go 100 miles per hour on the highway. But is it okay to go five over? And every time you go 100, you're going to get a ticket immediately. Every Wait. time 
you go five over you go one mile over the speed limit you're gonna get a ticket yeah that's that's annoying do are there still places in alaska that are unposted or do we have a blanket state i'm um, pretty sure i'm surprised you got your license because they're very picky when you get your license about all these rules. I was paying attention when I got it. <laughs> they want to. They make you know like what the speed limit is in a. Uh, considering in an alley. for for two almost you know for a year and a half, I've only been going to Fred Meyer. <laughs> They're in their danger. <laughs> anyway, I'm not aware of anywhere in Alaska that doesn't have a speed limit. Okay. <laughs> There's probably some dirt roads where you could try to go 100, but you'd. Really coming across North Dakota, there were places where it was just like a free for all. Yeah, I don't. There's nowhere in America where you can go whatever speed you want that I'm aware of. Hmm. Maybe. I know in North Dakota, I definitely tried to go whatever <laughs> speed I wanted to. I've seen uh, drones as uh, uh, for painting now. You for could painting. like paint a mural or paint the wall. Imagine you don't have to get people up and... What? Yeah. I'm amazed that they can carry a payload that's heavy like that. Yeah. I don't know how much they can carry, how practical it is. It probably would be a lot easier if they could carry a really light hose or something or you just have a swarm of them and they do a mural that's the idea swarms yep absolutely that's awesome so that's a possibility too um construction so we've got drones that um there's a video that i i shared to the future tech um list but uh of drones that have built a sort of column or tower i guess out of bricks hmm. at a museum as a demonstration of their ability to construct things interesting and have you seen the ones where the drones basically weave a bridge i have not seen that yeah that's in that um that's in one of the videos as well so basically they take ropes and they it's kind of that flocking thing and they and they weave around themselves and and they can make a rudimentary rope bridge huh. which is kind of an interesting idea it made me think like oh again like military like oh you're trying to get someplace and suddenly there's a river you could have the drone make a bridge for you yeah but i'm like at that point don't all the soldiers just have drone motorcycles anyway or have a drone fly them over <laughs> <laughs> at some point isn't walking going to become obsolete you know <laughs> that seems silly i mean there's lots of bridging <laughs> bridging vehicles machines devices anyway yeah, those big tank ones, but like, what about for like quick? You're a Navy SEAL. I guess if you're a Navy SEAL, you're more by the water, but you got to yeah. cover a river. <laughs> Weave yourself a bridge. Weave. I was, I Weave was like the wind. A scenario more like being in the jungle and realizing you had to cross a ravine or something where you would actually see a rope bridge and you wonder was it 300 years ago the last time they put this rope bridge yeah, in? Yeah, right. <laughs> 300 years from now i think this bridge was built by drones in the early 20th first century you probably don't want to try it <laughs> have you seen the the um little drones that are designed for selfies no apparently they all stink which is too bad Aww. but they look kind of cool so the idea is it's something you hold in your pocket and you can you know release it and it will fly out recognize your faces and you can trigger it to take pictures of yourself would you prefer a selfie drone over a selfie stick yeah, selfie stick has gotten a real bad. Really rep. bad. I'm way too cool for selfie sticks. <laughs> I do own one that I bought from but the dollar store <laughs> that I have never taken on vacation. Um, but I, as you know, happen to be um, equipped with my own selfie sticks. I have very long arms. 
<laughs> unusually long arms. And oh so goodness. I don't need a selfie stick, fortunately. I can fit a fair number of people in just with my arm. Okay. You probably do okay, too. Right? I refuse to take selfies. Oh, wow. Under duress, I will take a picture of myself. Oh. I do them, but I'll, I do them all ironically. I never make a selfie that I always make, make a funny myself. face. If I try and look good, I look terrible. <laughs> anyway, those are some of the things going on. And is there anything else you've seen drones used for these days? These days? Uh, no. I've been surprised by them, but it's mm-hmm. never been in, in an odd context. Mm-hmm outside of what we've already discussed yeah i tried to fly a banner once for my dark winter nights live show yeah and the drone was way underpowered it it couldn't lift hardly anything so a lot of the consumer drones today like if you're thinking someone's gonna like fly a grenade somewhere they're not gonna do it on a dji fan i'm like tell you that (laughs) were you trying to fly in the concert hall I was trying to fly on the stage okay. of Herring Auditorium, and I just wanted to fly like a little banner. I thought, sure, how much can a banner? A banner weighs like a couple ounces. Like, creates no. a lot of drag. There's a fair amount of drag, and the thing, the drone didn't even get close to getting off the ground. It just spun around on the ground until oh, it no. crashed. Yep. Mm. Well, we've talked about some of the current issues, things people are dealing with today. Privacy. I hope that we're more or less like got that out of our system but flying drones over people i had a friend who had a drone fly up to her while she was paddle boarding oh really basically digitally ogling her oh. yeah and what can you do about it you know bad at um, this guy i guess it'd have to be close enough right there's not much you could do they do sell did you hear about anti-drone buckshot no <laughs> so early in the early days of drones they actually as kind of a gimmick created a a round a shotgun round that was supposedly designed to take out drones was it just laterally marketed as anti-drone buckshot or was was, it actually different than buckshot i imagine it was somewhat different i mean how hard is it to put something slightly different in in a round but i think it was very gimmicky but people were (laughs) like get off you know get respect my privacy and stuff get off my air yeah so it would be fun to do to shoot some drones. That's that'd be fun, inter- fun that entertainment. That would be a fun clay pigeon practice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if there's a way, I mean, you could do it laser tag style. That'd be kind of funny. Um, Not nearly as fun, but, but yeah. yeah if, when drones are so cheap that you can buy them for target practice, some of these targets are expensive. People will buy those little incendiary things. You know, I don't know how much they are, but the things you shoot and then they blow up. Oh, really? Um, you know, gun people are. People we'll are crazy. Money. Jeez. Yeah. So we got privacy issues with them. Certainly air safety. There was a really convincing deep fake of a drone hitting an airplane. Oh, wow. Uh, which I'll have to find for you, too. But it's uh, it's a picture outside of uh, shooting out of the airplane window as it's coming into land. And all of a sudden, you see this drone go and like whack into the very wingtip and knock the little wing winglet off. The oh, thing no. that goes up. And I was like, holy cow. And then you hear like, bing, this, like the sound of the like fasten your seatbelt sign and stuff. <laughs> and then they actually go and show how it was faked. But it was extremely convincing. Huh. It was the first deep fake that, I'm, that I can recall that really got me. Wow. But that was not real. But there have been close calls, pilots coming into land and saying like, there's a drone right there. But there's also been issues with that 
dude in his jetpack out in LA. Right. <laughs> well, and to be fair, there are issues with like birds in the sky too. Exactly. But there's some things we can, can't control and yeah. when humans are intentionally making problems. But yes, birds in the sky. I mean, that's what brought down Sully's plane, a flock of birds. It, aren't they using them for airfield control? Drones? Yeah, to clear to clear birds. I yeah. don't know if they're using them to clear birds, but they certainly have systems for that. Sometimes they'll fire okay. rounds off to try and scare birds when they're landing. But yeah. Um, there's also just general security concerns, like as we were talking about flying a drone into the White House or something. like. And there was one that crashed in the White House lawn Oops. Uh, by accident. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. I, I think they even named the guy who crashed it. So, yeah, there's like general security concerns about that. Um, one of the videos I shared shows a drone armed with a handgun. And I think it's real. It must. I don't know. Handguns are heavy. And it would have to be, if it was anything more than 22, I think it would blow itself out of the air. I was going to say, that's a strange. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's weird. So I want a little bit more information on that. But that's. That's a concern. Mm -hmm. And I, I did find this video about um, an anti-drone drone. So one of the responses <laughs> to drones where you don't want them is to have anti-drone, sort of like uh, the, what, the, was it the Patriot missiles that were blowing yeah. other missiles out of the air? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's called the Interceptor, and it's from a company called Enduril, Enduril, and it's kind of a creepy company. They really? Have some, they have some stuff, you know, even for me, a guy who loves tech, they have some freaky looking things. And Were they, are they more for security purposes or do they have like one anti-drone drone and like a blender? No, they, they are all about, they like want to market with to the military. They're oh, super okay. excited about defense contracts. And so they, their theory is the best counter to a drone is a bunch more drones or a, the best counter to a flock drone attack is a flock of drones and their job is just to go fly out and zero in on another drone and and whack it wow and i guess they're experimenting with parachutes so that their drones can in theory land safely if if they disable themselves but this is a little bit dystopian imagine being on a military base and i don't know iraq or afghanistan and all of a sudden there's a drone because you can make drone people um rebel groups are making drones themselves yeah. if you got some basic parts a 3d printer you know and some yeah i mean not that i can do it but need countermeasures yeah what are you going to what are you going to do that that is such a powerful technology um it can make it's almost like it's filling this void between air force which is out of the reach of any real rebellion mm -hmm. and you know ground forces so drones is like this sort of middle ground where you can have some of the benefits of an air force without anywhere near the the vulnerability that and expense of having an air force yeah 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 it's interesting one of the issues we have up here is with hunting so we already have the what is it called the rule where you can't you have as you're flying out into the bush to hunt a moose, you can't fly around until you see a moose land and go shoot it. You have to wait 24 hours. So they're like, what about drones? 
drones take a lot of the sporting out of moose hunting. Oh, yeah. you can take a drone up, go around, look for moose, and then go find it and shoot it. So from what I understand, they're treating drones the same as an airplane. You can't fly it. If you fly around in a drone and spot a moose, you have to wait 24 hours before you actually hunt. That's... Yeah, I get that. That's that seems fair. But at the same time, we had also talked about using drones in the survival tech um, episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, I mean, it makes a whole lot of sense to have a personal drone out with you. Absolutely. Just so you can find your way. Yeah. So you can figure out yeah, where you are, which way you want to go. But how do you prove like I, 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 if you were flying a drone while you're out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and you happen to shoot something like that proof that seems really hard to prove yep or disprove yep Hmm. so you know it's probably happening or certainly could happen and then one thing i mean getting back to handguns on drones like talk about the perfect crime you want to go take someone out fly over shoot them with your drone fly your drone back no one saw you no witnesses <laughs> kind of <laughs> you're thing, not on security cameras <laughs> the thing that gets me about drones is that they're not stealthy they are that, yes. really loud yep and that's one of the things that i wanted to talk about is that we transition into talking about the future if you're ready to okay. talk about do you have any more no. concerns for the for the present is they're not quiet no. they sound like a giant mosquito <laughs> They get quiet pretty quickly. So you get them up, you know, 50, 60 feet. You you don't notice them quite so much. But when they're like, I would not want to be walking down a street with 50 drones flying at 10 feet. Yeah. You won't be able to talk. It's going to sound like, you know, it's like some sort of biblical plague, the plague of the locusts. (laughs) You know? Right. And I see no one suggesting any other type of propulsion than propellers. Oh, they're experimenting with little insect-sized drones, though. With wings? Instead? With wings. Okay. They're just right. not. They're not on the market. They're just yeah. still in like lab phase. My fantasy, which maybe I've already brought up, is a is a dragonfly drone that eats mosquitoes around me. <laughs> that would be cool. Oh, I, that's if there's anything I pray that the future brings, it is a personal bug repellent drone that just eats them. And just as fast as a dragonfly, probably faster to train a dragonfly or maybe glue one via string to my shirt, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just to be a thing. My mom's pet dragonfly. My my mom went to Mexico in the sixties and apparently you could get bugs glued to pins and you just like pin it on your clothes and the bug would like crawl around like a, I don't know if it was a cockroach or not a fan. I already hate this idea. (laughs) Obviously disposable jewelry, but anyway, um, so when it comes to things I, that we might see in the future of drones, I struggle a bit with this because I feel like there's a lot of things that drones could be doing that we don't even think of as an airborne thing. You know, um, we assume like, why would, why would you ever fly that? Well, because drones are easy. Like if I want to send you a letter or something, like I want to send you a, a birthday card. It can fill all the roles that uh, homing pigeons used to fill. Sure. Yes. I've been missing homing pigeons. <laughs> uh, so I guess we didn't really talk about farming at all and agriculture. Mm-hmm. I think there, there's a place yep. for them for drones in that space. Yeah. I mean, definitely um, for um, pesticides, you know, if they can, I mean, their payload isn't super great, but if you can have a number of them 
just rotating around, those crop dusters are really dangerous and I'm sure they're expensive. So that's one. And also, yeah, like checking your, your fields and getting mm -hmm. information like that. Right. Um, so some of the things that I've seen in the short term, everybody is talking about the things that it's, it seems to me like some of the drone companies are struggling a little bit with what new features to add. And so, cause it kind of feels like it's almost hit the consumer drone market to me feels like it's almost kind of come to a limit where I don't know where it could go next because they're all talking about ours is a better camera. Now we can shoot, you know, more frames per second. So you could do slow motion and we can shoot much prettier video. It's just improving on what it can already do, mm -hmm. but not like in a revolutionary way, better flying time. You know, they've got the Mavic, which you can like fold down. So they got drones you can, you know, put in your, almost put in your pocket or certainly put in your pocket for some of them, but a lot easier to pack. But I'm, and, and the tracking, which you talked about, yeah. you know, advanced tracking. But when it comes to like the consumer drones, I'm just like, I haven't seen anything that exciting in a long time. I like the idea of having something that's the size of a bird or an insect mm -hmm. for, a, for a personal drone. Um, that did what though? That, that got aerial, like had a camera on it? That has a camera. Yes. To, to perform all of like a personal drone function like mm -hmm. you know you don't necessarily want to fly it for sport but you need to take a picture of something way up high or you want to look at something that's far mm -hmm. you know, far out of your normal range of vision mm -hmm. um yeah that's an interesting point it could really create interesting well again if you're at a if you're at a national park they're not allowed so you're not going to take it into denali and fly it over to get a closer look at a bear no so, but it would be, you know, I could see using it in other places. I could use it in my backyard. Like I, I can see really far from my backyard and I'd just be like, I want to go check that thing out and just fly right back. Yeah. How many times do you do that before you're like, I'm good on checking things out from my yard? You know, to me, <laughs> I would find myself in a similar scenario with binoculars. Yeah. Sometimes I just, I'm curious at what I'm looking at mm -hmm. and I might fly a drone out there. Yeah. I, I can see that. My mom's got a cottage on a lake and every once in a while there's something weird floating and i could see this be like let's go see what that is yeah. <laughs> and crash my drone into the water or something but so yeah they, but they how would... often do you use binoculars i use binoculars once every eight years you know <laughs> well they've been around for a while and they've they're certainly still been around, around and people tend to have them um so you know i think we've already we've already seen some excitement with ingenuity the the drone on mars so we've already experienced nasa has flown a drone on another planet so that's a pretty in incredible first and so i see i can see more stuff like that um in potentially other planets but they have to have some kind of atmosphere it'd be yeah. pretty tough to fly a drone on the moon because there's basically almost no atmosphere on the moon yeah that'd be challenging i'd like I would like drones to have two-way communication. So you can fly out and like have a microphone so you could say something. Oh, I was going to say, don't they already? But I guess it's one-way communication, right? Yeah. yeah, well, that's totally possible if you can hear over the buzzing of the propellers. Right, that's a good point. So there's room for improvement. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up because the first DJI Phantom that I had, which I think it was the first one, had a microphone on the camera. Oh, really? 
And I was like, why do I want this audio? Because all it's going to be is, like, maybe if you yelled, you could hear. I think it's just, like, natural. Like, the camera just came with a microphone. So, like, well, whatever. We're going to leave it on. But the next version, there's, like, no microphone because it's clear. So, there's no There's no audio to get. Quieter. Can you make? Smaller, quieter, Mm -hmm. more stable. Longer battery life. You always want longer Longer battery life. Longer battery life. That's a good one. In terms of space exploration, though, you remember, you know, my dream, which is to have remote control cars on the moon (laughs) that people can drive. It's not quite a drone, but I wonder if someday, if we've got one drone on the moon, I mean, on Mars, the problem is the delay. There's a lot of delay. There's a lot of delay. So would people want to fly a drone on Mars if there was like a, what is it, like 15 minute delay? between what you did and what you see. <laughs> I don't think I'm, that's not a market for me. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I would think, like, I wouldn't pay that much for it anyway. <laughs> Found a very interesting video of a guy flying on a drone. I think it was an octocopter. Um, At or what whatever point, those are why would you fly on a drone? I mean, for a rescue situation, yes. But at what point are you? do you just want an ultralight? Vertical takeoff and landing is the key thing okay. number one ultralights definitely have a, a great thing but also it's more complex so i guess if it had the features of a drone but the problem with ultralight is you need a landing area and that dramatically limits where you can go okay if you have uh, your own drone bike you know you can land on a 10 by 10 foot space you can land in a parking spot if you wanted to so I'm excited about the potential for that. One of the concerns that I had, though, is some of these human transport drones, which I believe one of the airlines just started investing in some, like, air taxi system with drones. I should have. It just dawned on me now. But anyway, there's some advance happening with that. But the ones that only have four propellers, I think, what if one of the propellers goes? (laughs) Well, there's an awesome TED Talk on drones, which I also posted to our our is this the list. flocking? It has flocking, but it also shows they have an example of a drone quadcopter that can function if two of the blades go down. Really? And the way it functions is it starts spinning really fast. <laughs> and really fast. That sounds terrible. <laughs> so, because every time I see a, yeah, a quadcopter that carries humans, I'm like, uh, I prefer like an octocopter so I have some backup. <laughs> But in theory, you could lose, as long as it was only one set, so you'd want, like, two, the, your two opposing propellers on redundant systems. But in theory, it could still fly with only two, or it wouldn't come down as hard, but you would be spinning, like, you would... You'd be experiencing one heck of G, you know, G forces coming down. I mean, that really begs the question: Why not just have a drone? Why not just a single rotary blade then? We well, trust. We trust we helicopters. Ta- no, we don't. We spend multiple times here talking about how horrible helicopters people, are. Well, we have, but people fly in helicopters Human every day. Trust helicopters. So why why do we want a quadcopter instead of a helicopter? I mean, we fly in Chinooks too, and they only have two. I think because the helicopter has to be tremendously more complex and therefore has a lot more ways it can fail. The quadcopter takes care of a lot of that by having 
the only moving parts besides if you subtract the camera the only moving parts required to fly it are the the motors that turn the blades mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about angling the blades and angle of the you know angling the entire rotor and then angling the blades on the rotor and then gotcha. the tail rotor and if any of this goes wrong you're dead it's just <clears throat> so <clears throat> excuse me I got so excited mansplaining about helicopters, I, I'm choking <laughs> on myself. It's so much simpler. Okay. And so that's that's my answer to why we don't want... Like, yeah, we already have helicopters. Why don't we just use helicopters? Because they're complicated. Because they're way complicated, and they're trying to tear themselves apart. And because of ground resonance, which <laughs> we already talked about that. Still, I showed it to my daughter this week. I was like, "Look at what a helicopter can do to itself." <laughs> but if it's that terrible, why aren't we developing <clears throat> quadcopters for human transport now? We are. Yeah, that's that's what's happening. That's the future. the The reason that um, we don't have a ton of them now is i would say cost and also human concerns about who's gonna fly it and i heard years and years ago even before quadcopters uh a guy in, in who's developing personal transportation like this say one of the things we we are adamant about is the humans don't fly this <laughs> wow we don't want people to have to get pilot's licenses we don't want them to have to learn how to fly it we don't want them to screw stuff up we want them to get into this thing it flies them where they're going and so there's a large amount of trust that humans have to have in a system like that and already we're skeptical of pilots but we've seen they've got a pretty good track record now Imagine when you're handing your life over to a processor. Ugh. It's going to yeah. take, I mean, if we're worried about self-driving cars, imagine self-driving quadcopters. So there's a lot humanity has to get over before they're going right. to go for this. Yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, so as I was talking about, um, one of the things I saw in the video was, one of the videos that I posted was... Um, about how we live in a very like street level world right now. If you if you're coming up in a building, everything is coming in at the same level. Delivery trucks, humans, residents, everybody enters basically at ground well, definitely at ground level. No one's like jumping up on top of it or taking a ladder up to the second floor. <laughs> but with drones they're called stairs yeah with drones and either human transport or just delivery now a building can be accessed at multiple different levels so you might have you know people coming in on the third floor in their drones and you might have packages being delivered on the eighth floor or your roof might need to be converted to take in new um uh types of entry you know object coming to your building so it could be a tremendous change to how buildings look and how houses look i mean imagine the first house that's built with a drone delivery landing pad imagine going on zillow and one of the things that you can check for is does this have an amazon compatible landing zone <laughs> that won't i don't know 10 years from now you think yeah 
Interesting. It, it will say something about we are within drone delivery. Right. Because that'll be a deal breaker for people. People be like, eh, I really like this house, but I want to live where I can get Jimmy John's within 10 minutes delivered by drone. I mean, when I was looking at this house, one of the criteria was cell coverage. Can I get cell coverage? This is not something anyone would have ever considered 20 years ago. It wouldn't have crossed my mind. True. And now it's like a deal breaker for some people. Right. That's my prediction for drone access. If, if you have a suitable drone, especially like an apartment or something like that. In an apartment for sure. Does this apartment complex have a drone landing zone? Where does either I mean, can go get my packages or something of that nature. Does that mean there is a near future scenario where the drone economy and ecosystem is running out of USPS and there's like a whole industry that's going to come up and be part of the USPS and revitalize Absolutely. that? The space force of the USPS. <laughs> uh, first of all, let's back up. The USPS has been doing great. It actually is was making money until they were forced to pre-fund a bunch of their retirement, which made it look like they were doing terrible. But they're actually doing great. Okay. So I just want to clarify, because that was a surprise to me, because everyone's like, oh, the USPS. Because you go into a post office, and a lot of them don't look like super hot. But the USPS was actually doing pretty good and was making money off Amazon. And like so... I just want to clear. I mean, you, you can you can research this and tell me I'm wrong next week. Well, not next week because I'm not going to be here. This isn't my skeptical face, though. <laughs> I'm just wondering if I'm if I'm young and trying to decide what industry to go into. Drones is, yeah. could be it. Drone okay. delivery. If you <laughs> go into drone delivery, um, think about this too. What's what's a lot of especially people in the lower 48 who live in. Um, you know, a, a pretty busy residential area. What's one of their main issues these days with getting Amazon deliveries? Oh, um, porch pirates. Exactly. What if it's not delivered on your porch? What if it goes in your backyard? You don't have to worry about it anymore. And if it's anything big, too big for the drone, it's less likely to get stolen. Right. <laughs> if a drone can't carry it, someone's going to need a, you know, wheelbarrow. So it's the little ones. So that's the end of porch pirates. You have it delivered to your backyard or to your personal drone landing spot, which is in a secure, clear space where the drone can clearly see where it needs to be. But we can't, that means we can't terrorize porch pirates anymore. Yeah. What's, what's his name going to do with his Amazon package bomb, glitter bombs that he does? <laughs> anyway, so basically... The human experience might start to become layered. We may no longer be strictly operating in the terrestrial We're realm. We're back to Futurama again. But oh this gosh. time the Futurama, the World's Fair Futurama, not uh -huh. Futurama the cartoon. Yeah. Where they had the multi. Oh, right, right. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the city of the future. I, I, I do kind of want to reiterate what we said, what you said about noise. This could become an issue. If you could imagine, like, you're in an apartment and your neighbor gets drone drone packages delivered all the time. And so it's always like, or, and everyone Hopefully else is getting. That's a technology they, that's a, 
an aspect of the technology they refine. Yes, but it needs to be considered. And I would not be surprised if it becomes an issue before it's we in this country, especially in in our capitalist sense, tend to wait until things are a problem before we fix them. We make giant social media platforms and then we find out what's horrible about and make a billion dollars and then we figure out what's horrible about them and we fix it then. We don't fix it before it's a problem. That's true. <clears throat> and so I think I think it's going to be a different kind of noise. The streets will be quiet with all our electric cars and whatnot, <laughs> but you're going to hear drones going, especially if you live in a really busy um, apartment complex with people who have you know maybe a balcony and everybody's getting stuff delivered all the time pizza food amazon video well you wouldn't have video games delivered because those are all online but yeah then you're like in that that uh what is it that future futuristic movie like the fifth element where there's multiple layers of vehicles driving and everybody is just making noise at all levels Mm -hmm. yeah and i guess Porch pirates will be swapped out with people who shoot drones to steal the packages. Ugh. But they're going to be flying pretty high. It's going to be tough to to shoot them, I think. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how much of a worry that is. but People that train raptors to take down. There you go. Drones. Yeah. <laughs> um, one, one thing that crossed my mind, you know, with the pandemic, there was a whole industry that I... I don't know about if it like, I think it got a surge and Amazon was getting into it too of virtual tourism. Oh yeah. What if you could virtually tour a place by drone? So, Hey, I'd love to see Machu Picchu, but I don't like climbing up hills. So well, you can't climb up a hill. You can't. If, if one was unable to climb a hill, it's oh. not an option to go climb the hill. Do they have a donkey? Or something? How do they? How do they get you to Machu Picchu? My sister went. And well, I'm just saying that would be uh, somebody who would definitely be interested in flying a drone around Machu Picchu. Somebody who couldn't walk up a hill. Sure. Yes. So, what if for fifty bucks I can rent a drone for an hour and take it off and remotely fly it from my living room and be like, "Oh, cool! Look at Machu Picchu. Neat." Right. And I can do it, you know, maybe in a VR headset, so I can look all around. And, oh, I want to get a closer look. And now I'm irritating tourists, <laughs> you know, but in theory, you could fly through buildings. The drones now, you know, have sensors that keep them from banging into stuff. So, so do you think that there is value in having that live experience versus mm-hmm. having a, a virtual experience of Machu Picchu? Absolutely. It's a much different experience. Just like going to a concert is much different than listening to the CD. Okay. There's something about. I am there and I'm controlling what I look at that is worth something that has some value to it. I don't know if it'd be gimmicky, but you know, I, I would, I mean, honestly, this wouldn't be drones so much, but I get homesick once in a while. It would be awesome to have a drone that I could remotely fly and just fly around, you know, my old neighborhood or fly around, um, my mom's cottage, you know, hmm. um, that'd be annoying. Why don't you just go on Google earth? <laughs> this is not live. It's all frozen. I can't see anything. I can't say hello to everyone. Remember that conversation that we had last week about voyeurism. Yeah. And technically I could just get my mom one of those, um, 
whatever those virtual presence machines or something like that. Oh yeah. Um, so anyway, that's an option. I'm not sure how much this is being done right now, but we talked a bit about high tech rescue. Um, was that last? No, it was a week before. Yeah. Recently. Recently. But one of, you know, one of the issues with these remote villages, like in the Amazon and, and stuff where it takes days to walk to and from is somebody gets an infection and needs antibiotics. It's hard to get them that equipment, that antibiotics, medicine. snake bites, like mm-hmm. antivenom. Yep. Natural disasters. You need to fly in relief. Sure. Places that are hard to get to. Yeah. Drones can do, drones could do that. Drones could easily fly antibiotics. Huh. It's not heavy. And if they knew where to go to, they could go and drop them and save people's lives. That's cool. <laughs> but then on top of that, there are all the things that we never, that, that, that we just can't imagine. The, you know, buying a house because of cell coverage, things that, you know, people, when this house was built in the late 60s, would have never considered. And I'm glad... Well, I guess I'm glad they built it here because I have decent self-suffering coverage here. But the people <laughs> on the other side of the hill don't. The people, you know, lower down in the valley or whatever. I mean, internet comes with this cell tower, everything. So Yeah, this is a weird area. It's really mm-hmm. spotty. Yeah, I lose it when I go down my street. So weird. if I'm like talking to somebody, uh, there's like, you know, an eighth of a mile sometimes where I'll I'll... I'll lose a cell connection with them. It's so crazy. Yeah. So the people, which makes me think now, the people whose house I really like at the end of the street, it's really cool, but they probably have really lousy internet and I don't know. Anyway, the, is there anything else about the future of drones that that you can see that you're excited about, that you're worried about? I think that's all exciting. I don't know. Um, I'm neither excited nor dismayed about mm-hmm. drone technology i just i feel like it's it's gonna happen mm-hmm. and there'll be a, a curve of adoption mm-hmm. i don't know it'll become less exciting at some point mm-hmm. I don't, yeah yeah but i think we're gonna think the the world maybe i'll give us 15 years from now it's gonna be very very different potentially yeah. I mean, I'm thinking now, like, imagine you're at a concert, because we're still going to want to go to concerts. We still like being in groups, at least when we're not giving each other disease. But I, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting in the concert, and it's packed, and, like, I'm miles away from all sorts of people, all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, man, I really, really want, like, a Coke right now. Order it. Drone tracks to my location. Maybe I hold up my phone with a QR code. The camera zeroes in on it, finds me. It doesn't even need a QR code, but maybe just, you know, somehow tracks my my phone, comes down, drops me a Coke. I don't have to leave my spot. Are you sponsored by Coke? No. Not a big fan of any soda. Um, <laughs> but these are the things that, you know, are like really life-changing. I definitely stuff. think we're going to have no-fly zones, and it's going to include... Public performances, sporting events. Yes, we uh, already have yeah. that. Yes, I mean for pilots and for yeah. quadcopters. But if I was Lowe's, if I was Home Depot, if I was Walmart, but definitely Lowe's and Home Depot, I would, I would be 
dumping money into how can we drop a part in a box and send it to somebody that because really makes me they wonder. are selling stuff that is making the difference between a good day and a bad day <laughs> stuff that you need right now but if that's true wouldn't they have delivery drivers already they do you can get some stuff delivered but it's expensive because you're taking this giant van now granted they mix you know it's like pizza they don't just do one delivery at a time but i mean that's that's a bit of a hassle and it gets down to that last quarter mile thing being the most expensive you got to have the van you got to maintain it it's you got to wait for your turn and they have people they have pickup like i've been doing a fair amount of this where you can pick it up at the locker or you can park outside but when i'm in the middle of something or you imagine you know plumbers and stuff or like oh i just need this one part i'm at the location this person really wants this fixed like me today um and they need this part like why should my plumber who's charging me, you know, $200 an hour drive into town to get the part and then come back? That's like easily half an hour, 45 minutes. This, that suggests that all aspects of the trades would be impacted if they could have like micro deliveries made in the middle of the workday. Exactly. So the plumber's like, oh, here's the part you need. I'll hit it. Somebody at Lowe's goes, finds it or please a robot does it because that's even faster drops in a box drone comes out and yeah there might be 15 20 minutes that we wait for it but in that time you know that's the time it would take for one trip one way to the location mm -hmm. um so i i think these places I haven't heard anything about them being on this, but whoever can do that, I would pay so much more to have it come to my house right away. Um, so yeah, that's going to be, I think, a make or break for the future of hardware stores. Hmm. Okay. Anything else? Like, I mean, like Walmart, do I really desperately need like a, a box of raspberries. I could see like you're having a dinner party and you're like, oh crap, I forgot the great poupon and have that delivered in yeah, 10 but why minutes. Why don't you just call your friend and say, Hey, bring some mustard. Cause they're not, it's not on the way. <laughs> Plus, I also would miss like in the, in the case of the home hardware store and the small non chain, like the local hardware store, there's an element of, I want to go down there just like to chat with the people in the hardware store. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I know them. Yep. And I also want to support them. Good things will be lost, Kristen. That's the way it's always been. <laughs> I would love to ride a streetcar. I got to ride one once. It was awesome. Why did they go away? Because not enough people <laughs> wanted them anymore. They're not as practical as a car. But also, I mean, that interaction made me think, like, imagine that uh, you, you need to go borrow half a cup of sugar from your neighbor. I'm going to send the drone over. Or send your drone over. Why would you get it from your neighbor if you could just get it from the grocery store, it's though? It's the, the point, though, of the, like, let's say, you know, you left your jacket here the other day. I did. So I had to go way out of my way to drop it off for you. I would have just come back over to pick it up. <laughs> or we could have just, I could have picked it up the next time we recorded the podcast. I love, I love making big deals about minor things, which the audience doesn't know because of the magic of editing, how long Kristen sat on my couch waiting for the plumber to fix my plumbing today. 
I love to just like you were so patient about that. I love to I love to just totally overact about tiny things, but you know, um, little things like that. Or hey, I locked my keys in my car. Can auto, you know? Can someone from home just quick drone me the second pair of keys? Drone me? Oh yep. no, it's a verb. Yep, drone it to me, baby. <laughs> Join it to me, baby. I'm going to write that song now. So you it's better ready. write it fast. Yeah. <laughs> Copyright reference 2021. Join it to me, baby. Some artificial intelligence is already releasing that song. Released by RCA Records. Exactly. <laughs> uh, anything about the future else that you want to talk about? Anything else? No, this is this is good. I could save it for the episode we end up doing on underwater UAVs. Yes. I'm excited about that. Those are fun. And I think we're going to find a lot more cars and bodies if people get into underwater drones. I've certainly found a lot of golf balls, but (laughs) yeah, I will say down the, there are some things I've learned about drones. Don't fly over a fire pit with a drone or a volcano or a volcano, but I flew over a fire pit and that was, that blew a bunch of stuff all over ashes and, and amber embers all over people. That was bad. I flew over a picnic table once. That blows a bunch of stuff off. But I did learn (laughs) that if you fly it over yourself, it's not as good as the robot dragonfly, but the air keeps mosquitoes away. So even just having a drone blowing down at you all the time, it's noisy, but it gives you a little break from the bugs. That's that's good to know. Yeah. Finally got some information out of this podcast. (laughs) Right at the very end. (laughs) All right, Kristen. Uh, Let's see. Now is the time where we talk about things that blew you away. Things that blew us away. So the thing that blew me away is not earth shattering, but I just started thinking about it and my brain started to ask a lot of questions. So I was listening to somebody talk about how Corning is coming up with antimicrobial coatings for glass. So for smartphones, mm-hmm. um, you know, hmm, everybody cool. touches their smartphone. If you had, which is why they need a scratch ban. Thanks right. for that. <laughs> that's right. Everybody's touching stuff. Yeah, and, and there's that's lots gross. of micro. Your hands are trying to kill you. <laughs> okay. So we have these antimicrobial coatings that people are developing for for glass. They also have these anti, not just antibacterial, but antiviral coatings now, not coatings, but um, fabrics. So textiles that you can put on furniture, textiles that you can wear, they're deterring microbes from growing, all Mm. these little tiny nasty things. And then because we had this pandemic, people started installing. Sorry, my computer just reconnected the internet and started playing a documentary that I'm watching about hamburgers classic please continue (laughs) we also have the uvc lights that people have been using to disinfect spaces okay um that are killing microbes and all the little tiny things some of which we don't want to kill because you know we got we don't want to kill everything that's the problem with antibacterial soap right we basically create godzilla of microbes after that we create the godzilla of microbes which is terrible and Mm -hmm. that is a concern for me and we also kill healthy microorganisms and Mm -hmm. biomes that we you know benefit from so we don't want to kill everything so it just makes me wonder as we're adopting these um, antimicrobial surfaces textiles etc you know 
what is that going to do to impact healthy living? Mm -hmm. Cleaner isn't always healthier. Right. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, the thing that blew me away today, the thing I opted with is actually something I read in the news just today. And it's about the, it's from the BBC says the body of a missing man found in Spanish dinosaur statue. What? What happened was as far as they can tell, and I don't ask me, I'm, I have so many more questions than I have answers right now. <laughs> Tell me. But apparently this guy somehow managed to drop his phone inside this metal stegosaurus, I guess. <laughs> Was he like in an outdoor park? It's, yeah, it's like, it's like oh, in the wow. city or something. I okay. don't know if that is the actual dinosaur, but I believe BBC is usually pretty good about telling you when it's just a stock photo. And he went in after it. It had fallen down in the dinosaur's leg. And he went down into it, or I guess that's where he, anyway, he fell into the dinosaur's leg and was trapped upside down. Oh, no. And died. Oh, no. Trying to get his phone back. Oh. So what blew me away about that, because we had that, you know, when we talked about smartphones, I told you the story about the woman in New York who assaulted a teenager because she thought that he stole her phone mm-hmm. and she was freaking out. We are walking around with like thousand dollar bits of technology that are super easy to lose and break that have that are like our only lifeline to the rest of the world in many cases this is like ridiculous we should all be walking around with like little five dollar things or something these these should be like 10 bucks (laughs) because there should we should have dozens of them. You should drop one and be like, oh, for, I'll just go get one from a vending machine. Why do you want to dumb it down? I don't want to dumb it down, but this can't last. This you is think? ridiculous. I mean, I sync my stuff, so if I lose my phone, I could get another phone and have all. I'm not losing anything anymore. Yeah, but can you get another phone when your phone breaks on the side of you know? Not if I'm in Machu Picchu. Uh, yeah, Machu Picchu or, you know, like I, every once in a while I'm out driving without my phone and I'm like, oh no, what if my car breaks down, you know, in theory I can flag someone down, but you feel <laughs> like and if there's no one around to flag down, you're in trouble. So what, what blew me away in that was how that guy basically died trying to get his phone back that's That's what that meant to him absolutely he was willing to climb inside of a dinosaur and risk his life to get his phone back and that shouldn't happen that that that's insane to me and i think something needs to change about that yeah so all right so let's see was this my pick I I forget whose turn it is to pick. Would I have? I think I picked. What did I pick last? I definitely picked survival tech. And what we do after that? <laughs> it might did, be my turn to you, pick again. I thought it was. Yes. Did you have something in mind? Yes. Um, so I propose we talk about hyperloops and hoverboards, or we do a product review. Oh, okay. Hyperloops or hoverboards? And hoverboards. Oh, and hoverboards. Yeah. What What's the relationship with them? Why would we do both? Future transportation. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're just covering some bases. Let's do hyperloops and hoverboards. I have not been that interested in what hyperloops are for some reason. So, I mean, I know what they are, but I don't, they don't appeal to me for some reason. So it'd be good 
motivation and then i have some experience with hoverboards <laughs> if you're talking about like one wheel hoverboards uh, but there's also the Lexus ones that are literally hoverboards. You that... also have, I have a picture of you in a puffy, dark, a burgundy vest with a hoverboard. With the Back to the Future replica hoverboard. Yes. Which people literally ask me if it works. So <laughs> I'm excited to talk about hoverboards and hyperloops. Guess what the featured image is going to be for that vest. <laughs> That'll be awesome. So are we skipping a week now? Is this what's happening? So next week I have to travel. So, yep, we're going to not have a post for next week. But um, You're unless breaking we, the trend. So that's unless we want to do saying. two this week. But I'm not ready. Let's just say we'll see you when we see you next time on the InStep Podcast. Kristen, thank you so much for coming out and fun. waiting while my plumber worked. <laughs> I have hot water again. <laughs> You're so happy about that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the In Stuff podcast. If you'd like to join the discussion or see links to the things we referenced in today's episode, feel free to pop on over to instuffpodcast.com. That's the letter N, stuffpodcast.com. If you're enjoying the In Stuff podcast, check out my other podcast, Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska. In each episode, we share amazing true stories from Alaska told by the Alaskans who experienced them. The New York Times recently called Dark Winter Nights the best winter podcast for storytelling lovers. Check out Dark Winter Nights, true stories from Alaska, wherever you get your podcasts or at darkwinternights.com. The InStuff podcast is sponsored by ScratchBand. Just stop touching your face. Don't make me explain why anymore. It's gross. I don't care if you buy ScratchBand or come up with some other way to do it, but just quit. I mean... It's the easiest way I've found to quit touching my face, but, you know, whatever works for you. ScratchBand, join the evolution. More information at scratchband.life, also available on Amazon.com.